What's going on, guys? Your host, your boy, George McKay, back in studio again today, pre-recorded, as I always do during these COVID-19 times, and I got a good one. I have someone who I consider to be the future of the wrestling business. I have somebody who you may know him as the crown jewel. Please help me welcome Chase Owens to Straight Talk Wrestling. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, man. It's Tuesday. About to talk some wrestling. Can't, can't be mad at that. Absolutely not. Wrestling's always good to talk about. Yes, sir. Especially when a lot of the conversation is about yourself and the amazing things you are doing in your career thus far. So I got to ask. It. No problem. First question I always ask, I like to call it the defining moment. It's that moment in time where you fell in love with the wrestling business. Do you remember that moment or your moment? Uh, I don't think there was any specific moment, but I just remember, um, you know, as a kid, my parents were big wrestling fans. So I was just always, you know, watching as a young age. And, you know, so I can't really say any defining moment, but, you know, just as a kid growing up, it was always on the TV. Perfect. That's the best way to be for it to always be on the TV, for to study, to learn, to own the craft. And you were trained, if my research has done me correct, you were trained by Rick Morton, correct? Correct. Uh, not right away. Um, I was starting out in... Uh, my local, you know, local promotion that, to be honest, I had no clue there was anything. There was no independent promotions or whatever. Uh, kind of just lucked into that. But, uh, you know, about six six months into, into my wrestling, you know, uh, I was lucky enough that Ricky Morton was uh, living on the Tennessee side of my hometown because I live in Bristol or did live in Bristol before moving to Texas. But uh, so Bristol was half Virginia, half Tennessee. And, uh, you know, I lived on the Virginia side. He lived on the Tennessee side. And, uh, you know, he saw me at a show and uh, pulled me to the side, you know, and said he's seen a lot of potential and asked if I wanted to start going on the road with him. And obviously you said yes or else we wouldn't be talking. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so what was it like being on the road with Rick Morton? Uh, it's crazy. You know, uh, obviously now WWE Hall of Famer, uh, but just – you know, he didn't have his school like he does now. So a lot of my training was mostly in the car, um, you know, just listening when we were going to towns or whatever, uh, you know, and, and I also got lucky enough that at the same time, well, right when I first started, um, beautiful Bobby Eaton of the Midnight Express was also like 20 minutes down the road, maybe. So, uh, you know, so a lot of times it was me in the back seat and just listening to, to Ricky and Bobby and, you know, just, just the knowledge that you could soak in on these, you know, these rides, whether they're two hours, five hours, eight hours, like just being able to sit there, mouth shut, eyes open or ears open. Wow. I mean, I, I just to be a fly on the wall for those conversations, my wheels are turning and all the amazing things you probably heard, but like the serious, like in cut, like the lessons that you gain in those car rides, epic, epic. Oh, absolutely. So I know that you debuted in 2007. So happy 14 years now. It's, it's coming close, actually, February 7th. It's like two weeks away, right? Yeah, something like that. That's crazy. 14 so, years. So long, long time. Yeah, well, congratulations to you. A lot of guys, they don't, they don't make it 14. They make it maybe 5, 10 before they hang it up. You're going on 14 and still going epically strong. So congratulations to you on that. I know you, you debuted. You. And this is where I actually uh, became a fan. You debuted in 2014 in New Japan. And the first match, one of the first matches I ever saw 
was you versus Justin Thunder Liger for the NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship. Do you remember that match? Yeah. Uh, you know, here I was, what was I, 24 at the time? And, uh, you know, going up against the legend like Jushin Thunder Liger, you know, who's, for those that, I mean, you know, if you don't know, he's, uh, you know, he's like the Hulk Hogan of, of Japan. Uh, you know, so here I was making, let's see, at the time that was my second day or second match in New Japan. Uh, I debuted maybe, what was it, the month before something against Bushi. Uh, you know, but immediately after beating Bushi, we called out Liger and, uh, you know, just standing in the ring and, you know, watching him uh, come to the ring as we called him out and the, just the fans behind him, you know, it, it was a surreal moment. Did you geek out that moment? Like, did you mark out a little bit inside? Like, the, the, the fan yeah. in you was like, holy shit. A little bit. But, you know, at the same time, it was like, all right, here's my my chance to make my mark, you know, and and establish my name in this company. Absolutely. You made your mark for me that night. I mean, I watched the match much later. I watched it actually the new year of 2015. I had a friend of mine show me it, and it changed my eyes. And I have been steadily, you know, keeping tabs on you and your career and the things that you've done. And um, that was definitely one of the high-flying moments for me. But also, obviously, when you joined the Bullet Club first time around in 2015, and you worked with Kenny in a couple of the tournaments that you had out there. There was a Super Junior Tag Tournament. You guys were eliminated, unfortunately, unfortunately, in the first round. And then you replaced Nick Jackson in 2016 in the Super Junior Tournament, which are crazy tournaments to be involved in. But the tag team, obviously, with, at the time, considerably still now, considered to be one of the, the best ever. How, how was that experience? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, Kenny is a great talent, uh, you know, and you can't deny that he's absolutely, you know, one of the best. And, you know, and some people don't like him because, you know, when when times don't really call for those crazy matches, you know, he's he's a little goofy or, or whatever. But, you know, when when he's put on the spot and he's, you know, in that big match main events, you know, he he delivers and is considerably, you know, one of one of the best ever. Uh, if you you know you go back and watch his sixty minute draw with with Okada at Dominion a few years ago, you know it's just absolutely incredible. Absolutely, I I was actually just going to bring up that one. One of those matches is my favorite as well. But I got to ask the culture shock when you when you leave home when you leave the states and you you go over to Japan and you're over there for lengthy periods of time. Um, what's the culture shock like the first time? that you step into an arena with the Japanese fans. Cause those guys bar none are the best fans in the world. They live, eat, sleep, breathe wrestling. You guys are, yeah, you know, over there. You know I'll, I'll tell this story about my, you know, and this has to do with fans, not necessarily in the arena, uh, but my first trip, um, you know, I get off the plane, I go uh, get picked up by the bus and, you know, we're headed to Tokyo dome hotel. And here I, you know, it's my, debut tour you know never been to the country before whatever and you know we get off at the at the tokyo dome hotel and there's people just lined up outside waiting and just bombard you wanting autographs and you know they've had pictures printed off and you know they they know things from your career and it, you know it's just like whoa like these fans really uh you know really do their homework you know, so to see that, you know, it kind of it kind of eased the uh, the pressure off a little bit. 
Absolutely. It's, it's like me. I pride myself on doing my homework to make sure I'm prepared. So you got to feel right at home right now. I must feel like one of those fans. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just crazy because they were coming up with, with uh, you know, magazines and, you know, pictures and they knew about the NWA World Junior title. And, you know, and it was just, you know, crazy because here I thought, you know, hey, I'm just just some new guy. But, you know, they didn't make you feel like that at all. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And I got to ask, because I'm a big fan of Japanese food. What is your go-to when you're there? Like, what's the, if it's three o'clock in the morning and you can't sleep, Ooh. what's the first thing Chase Owens is like, you know what? I'm going to go give you some of this. All right. If it's three o'clock in the morning, you can never go wrong with uh, some, some beef bowls like Yoshinoya, Matsuya, mm. you know, rice, beef, whatever, pork, whatever you want to want to get in it. But most of them, is it just Yoshinoya's? One of those are, uh, you know, open 24 hours. So, uh, you know, for some of it, it's the, the drunk food, but uh, I don't drink. So uh, it's the, oh, I can't sleep. Nothing else is open. You know, but it's cheap, but, you know, it's not bad either. Absolutely. No, like Beeples, hell yeah. Shut up and take my money. If I can find a good, like, authentic place. I mean, obviously, where I am in Brampton, Ontario, Canada, there are some great Japanese restaurants out here, but it's not authentic. I have not been to Japan yet, so the closest I have to compare to is what I have here. But Oh, yeah, and it's, it's nothing, uh, you know, people ask about that. And a Japanese restaurant in the States or... You know, and I've been to one in Canada as well when I was touring with uh, Canadian Wrestling Elite. Uh, like, it, those restaurants are nothing like the ones in, in actually in Japan. For sure. I believe it. It's a bucket list. Well, maybe one time when the world clears up and COVID is long past us and you're back there for another tour of duty, hopefully I'm in town, we can link up and then we can get those beatballs at 3 o'clock in the morning. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, abs absolutely. You know, uh the um what was i gonna say you know what i don't even remember what i was gonna say i was gonna say something but <laughs> it's okay so i can see from the hat that you're wearing on your head obviously you're a football fan and absolutely you're Go pack. yeah that's fine uh, we'll be we'll be stressed next week you will be you 100 will be i am a giants fan so i am doing what all giants fans do at this time of the year we are watching all the other teams and cheering for everybody to lose because we're not in it and i'm okay with that because it's, would you not agree with, side note, off topic wrestling conversation, would you not agree with me that right now during these trying times to win a championship now would almost kind of be like having an asterisk beside your name because it wasn't, you know, the full pop of the football season? Yeah, I mean, to a point, because, you know, a lot of teams, uh, especially Cleveland the last few weeks or whatever, like, you know, they got hit hard with, with the, the COVID and, you know, and players missing, uh, but some teams have been lucky and, you know, they haven't had any outbreaks or, or whatever, you know, and that's just anything, you know, you could be the best team in the world, uh, but, you know, things happen and then the worst team in the league or whatever can beat you. And I'm not saying Cleveland's the, the worst team in the league, because obviously they are not, but, uh, you know, just like last week or, Two weeks ago, whenever they played the uh, the Steelers in the in the playoffs, and it was just twenty eight nothing immediately. Like just everything, everything that can could go wrong for Pittsburgh went wrong. Uh, you know, and just sometimes you have those days. 
Murphy's Law will seriously bite you in the ass if given the opportunity, 150%. Dude, and I, and I just remember what I was going to say a minute ago, too. I'm not a big sushi guy, uh, but one day in Japan, we did, there was this uh, girl that Fale knows, maybe? I don't know, but somebody knew her. And, uh, you know, her dad's a fisherman. So whatever town we were in, I forgot, but, uh, you know, her dad went out fishing that morning. Whatever he caught, he cooked for us that night. So it was like the freshest of fresh, you know, and I'm, again, I'm not a big sushi guy, but it was absolutely delicious. Sounds delicious. It's not making me hungry. I'm going to have to cut the uh, interview short and go get myself some sushi. So I got to ask, because you yourself have appeared at a Wrestle Kingdom, and Wrestle Kingdom is hands down one of the biggest shows in the business. It is probably, in my opinion, and since it's my show, my opinion is the one that matters, it's bigger than WrestleMania. It is literally the pinnacle of wrestling the Mecca. What's it like being in a Wrestle Kingdom event? Oh, it's just incredible, you know, because just like WrestleMania, you know, you have people from all over the world, uh, but, you know, being in Tokyo Dome, uh, you know, just, and knowing the history of Wrestle Kingdoms and all the, you know, the greats that have competed at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, you know, you the first one I did, you know, I was sitting back waiting to go out and just feeling your stomach turn and, uh, you know, you, you're, you're nervous. Uh, and, you know, it just felt like, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to throw up, you know, so I don't know how many times I like, or, you know, oh man, I got to go use the bathroom again. I got to pee. Oh man. Like, but then you go and you don't have to, it's just the nerves, uh, you know, and just, just one of those moments that, you know, you, you take it all in, but you know, your, your first couple or the, you know, it's definitely nerve wracking. Oh, I, I would not be able to like going there would be surreal as a fan, but for me, my job is easy. I get to sit down and just enjoy the show for you guys. It's literally screaming, cheer, and yeah. You know, th this year's uh, this year's was a little different because uh, right. you know the the government uh, shut down ticket sales at like ten thousand when there's usually forty five, fifty thousand in there, and uh, you know they're they're not allowed to make audible noises, so they can only clap. Uh, you know, so it was. It felt a little strange this year, uh, but, you know, but people were still there. They still, you know, clapped like there was, it sounded like 30,000 in there, you know, uh, but still, you know, you can't take away matches were shorter or not shorter matches. The card was shorter, but, you know, just the quality of wrestling new Japan puts out is, you know, and maybe a little biased, but it's the absolute best wrestling in the world. I won't disagree with you and if i did did disagree with you you would set me straight immediately because you have been there you've been through the thicket so i have to ask this because there's kind of this rumor or stigma that goes with being a member of the bullet club it's almost like you're being groomed for bigger pushes within the new japan roster is that the case if you are a member of the bullet club is that kind of like having okay i'm gonna keep an eye on you kid uh you know i don't know uh you know it's Definitely, when I was told I was joining, uh, you know, Gallows hit me up, and you know, it was just like a, what? Are you serious? 
because you know they're they were the biggest wrestling faction uh you know they're being talked about all over the world and you know it's one of those things like oh i'll never be in that just the same thing you know never thought i'd wrestle in japan uh you know i started i knew i knew about new japan kind of because of like liger being in wcw nagata being in wcw you know they always talked all oh, these guys from new japan pro wrestling but i never really actually watched it or seen new japan matches until maybe i don't know it was maybe a year before i went you know and i remember remember watching with uh my friend tony Givens. he invited me over and we watched and it was just like holy shit this is the absolute best wrestling i wish i could work there but that's never going to happen you know and then a year later i'm getting the call to go uh you know so same thing with bullet club you know it's it's it puts pressure you know uh to to be in the biggest and most influential you know faction in a long time a faction that has lasted decades decades still going strong it's 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 pretty surreal. I'm, I'm even marking out. I had to make sure I have my Bullet Club shirt on to show respect to you today. I had to. Because if it's I didn't, good, good shirt. That, that's right. It is a great shirt. So we'll circle back to New Japan and Bullet Club in a minute. But I do want to talk about your brief stint in ROH. And the reason I want to talk about that is because you fought uh, a former guest of mine and somebody I consider to be one of the most untapped talents in all of wrestling, Shane Taylor. You fought him for the TV championship. Obviously, it did not work in your favor because the dude's a beast. 300 plus pounds. It's a tall order to tangle with Shane Taylor. But I believe he is somebody who's poised to take the world by storm this year. I believe he will rock ROH championship, world championship gold, be that heavyweight champion. Uh, how was your experience working with ROH and obviously having that program with Shane Taylor? Oh, You know, I mean, I've only worked there a few times and it's because of uh you know the new japan working relationship or whatever but you know anytime i was there you know i was treated great uh you know office was good um everything was run smoothly you know never any problems so you know nothing but good experiences yeah you know and you like you said shane taylor is an absolute beast um you know actually friends with him outside the ring so going into that you know you got to you got to put that to the side because, you know, the world TV title was, you know, was, was up for grabs. And how is it when you're wrestling a friend of yours, somebody outside of the ring? I mean, there's always that stigma. I've, I've asked this question a thousand times, but when you're staring across your buddy, somebody you, you know, very well across the ring, do you hit chase? Be honest with me. Do you hit a little harder? Cause it's your friend. Like I'm going to give you a little something. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you know, <laughs> I think you can, you can always, uh, you know, go to war. And those are the guys that, you know, cause it's business. Um, the guys that you can, all right. Hey, you know, like, like I said, oh, world TV titles on the line. So whatever happens in the match happens in the match. And, you know, afterwards we're cool, but, uh, you know, but when business, you know, when, and money's involved, uh, you know, you're, you're going to do what you need to do. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. So in 2019, you resigned with New Japan. I'm sure you had other offers on the table. There were other guys probably looking at you. We'll get into that. But I will ask, what was the reasons in deciding to resign with New Japan? And also, I believe, rejoining the Bullet Club at the time as well. Yeah, you know, it's just the way New Japan takes care of you. Uh, you know, making 
making good money. Um, you know, and like I said earlier, they're the the best wrestling in the world. So how are you going to become the best wrestler if you're not competing night in, night out with the absolute best? It's true. It's, it's like I said before I booked you, I was like, how am I going to become the best podcast in the world? I got to have some of the best wrestlers on my show. And now I can say I've, I've checked that checked that off because I had Chase Owens on my show. Chase Owens and me are friends. This is crazy. Iron sharpens iron, you know. You know, I mean, just – I mean, how do you not get better? Whether, you know, how many times you lose, it doesn't matter. Uh, but how do you not get better when you're, you know, in the rings with, you know, Kazuchika Okada or Hiroshi Tanahashi or, you know, the guys that might be a little older, whatever, but, you know, like uh, Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, you know, when you're in the ring with the absolute best, you know, there's no, there's no option but to get better. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. I do have to ask this though. And if I'm, if I'm stepping over the line, please let me know. And we'll scratch the question from the interview, but you mentioned the working relationship with ROH in New Japan. Now with their relationship and the way they've done business for quite some time, it's kind of a surprise that a lot of people are touching on the working relationships between AEW and impact wrestling, and then saying how all these promotions to work together and make a lot of money. But the one thing is, is that this, this situation that's going on right now, with Kenny Omega and Luke Gallows and Doc Anderson and Impact and AEW, you know, repping the Bullet Club, saying that they're back. And then you've got uh, Tom Tonga saying, you know, what, and this is a quote directly from his podcast. What got me triggered was when I saw Kenny Omega go Bullet Club. I was like, oh, you son of a bitch. The one guy who tried to dismantle us from the inside, split us into two, the guy who tried to ruin the Bullet Club is now using the Bullet Club as an angle, a reunion. How can there be a reunion of the, if the Bullet Club is still here? They should have called it something else. All you go, all y'all had gone and tried different things in another company. No matter what, you're not Bullet Club. That's a slap in the face to all of us here. If you're the OGs, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, and you're promoting this Bullet Club, damn. And then he proceeded to go ahead and call everybody else sellouts. Now, I know you're not involved in the situation, but I just yeah. gotta ask, what are your thoughts? If I'd, Yeah, I'd rather uh, not get into to that no problem i'm gonna leave i'll leave that in the interview obviously just to say that you know no comment well 100 we'll leave it off the table if you want to say anything off camera it'll stay off the record but again that's up to you so yeah i mean it's i mean it's what you know that thing like i don't fully agree with them being you know trying to be bullet club but i also don't think they've actually like said they were bullet club, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, it's that who knows? If, yeah, who knows? You know, this might be something for you know AEW Impact New Japan to work together. I don't know. I don't hear nothing. Uh, you know, but who who knows? Well, but if they do, I got I got and, 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 that, and that puts the the only reason I don't like commenting on it because you know like I'm friends with Tama. I'm friends with Fale. I'm friends with, with Gallows and Anderson and Kenny. Like, you know, so, and I don't have a bone in, in the fight. So, you know, so. A hundred percent. And I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. Please don't take it as that. I just figured to get a, an opinion from somebody involved with New Japan. If I offended in any way, I apologize. No, you're, you're good. Okay. You're good. All right. So going back to some good stuff is, is though um, a match most recently that you had was actually the tail end of last year in November. 
uh, at uh, Strong. And you faced a former guest of mine, somebody who I consider to be a very good friend, Danny Limelight. You guys had probably the match of the night that night. It ended with you, you know, securing the victory with a package pile driver for the three count on Danny, but not before you guys tore the house down. I have never seen so much speed in a match to save my life. They call that guy the radioactive spider, but I got to see both of you guys literally kick it to another layer that I haven't seen from either of you. And it impressed me even more. You remember that match with Danny? Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's real talented. Uh, you know, he's definitely been working hard, you know, before going to uh, new Japan strong, I'd never heard of him and that's not trying to, to diss him or anything. Cause there's a lot of, super talented guys out there that just never get the spotlight that they deserve or you know they never get that chance and you know because and you could probably name a ton of guys that just you know that are that just never get the shot uh but they're killing it on the indies or whatever but it just for whatever reason and there's no specific reason that they don't get those opportunities it's just you know maybe not right place, right time that somebody that should see them, sees them, or, you know, like maybe their attitude or things they, they post online, like everybody's different or, you know, or whatever, but, you know, there's, there's guys that, like I said, that should be somewhere, but they're not just because, you know, they don't get seen or, you know, they're not in the right place, right time. This business, you know, sometimes you've got to make, sacrifices and uh you know and maybe maybe lose some money to uh get yourself out somewhere to you know a a tryout or just to show up and help put up the ring or you know do backstage stuff or or whatever uh you know and, and that's where i've seen some people's egos come into play and you know oh i'm not booked i'm not going to do that like but you know sometimes you got to take chances uh you know but but that match with danny you know i it felt real good. Uh, you know, he definitely put up the fight, but you know, in the end it was package pile driver nights out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was, it was a match that was hard for me. Cause like I said, he's a former guest and somebody I consider a friend. And now there's you who I follow your career since you debuted in new Japan. I'm sitting there going, this is a match that either way I'll be happy, but I'll also be a little bit disappointed. And I'm not going to lie to say that I was not upset when you won. I was like, yes, good. I'm happy. I'm okay. Either way, I would have been happy, but would have been a little bit more happy one way. And obviously that way led, leaned your way, of course. Yeah. Um, Me too. My pocket, my pocket was a little heavier that night. <laughs> well, it was match of the night for me that night. That was a great, great match. Um, in terms, you know, to touch base on that, right. With, with guys and, and, and egos getting into play and not being right place, right time. There's a lot more opportunity nowadays than there is anywhere else. There's, you know, the cross promotions. There's also other promotions into the fold. MLW's back into the fold. AEW's there full time. AEW also has Dark, which they showcase a lot of these, you know, indie talents that kind of give them that spotlight. Is 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 that something that when you look at it and you and you can see that you wish you had in your younger days to take advantage and kind of highlight you? I mean, obviously, you know, your career, steady rise, you got to Japan and you've done very, very well for yourself there. But would you stay stateside if you had more of an opportunity like that, like a, a, a dark per se, instead of the only opportunity at the time being a WWE jobber, which you've also done previously at a jobber match with Ryback. And I won't even bring that guy into the fold because he's not a wrestler in my opinion. Moving on. 
So what would you what would you say if you had an opportunity like that back in the day, like a dark, an AEW dark type of feel? Yeah, uh, you know, I see a lot of indie guys, you know, back a few years ago when TNA wasn't doing so hot or whatever, and you know, and people, oh, they just need to close. Like from a fan's point, mm, all right, whatever. But if you're a a wrestler and you're trying to make it somewhere, you don't want companies to close. Uh, you know, because if companies close, then guess what? That's one less place to have a job. And guess what? Those what 50 60 people that are contracted or whatever however many they have guess what they're looking for new jobs they're coming on the indies they're taking your spot because obviously they're you know better known and and are going to draw better uh you know so in my opinion all the you know the companies that are successful the more companies that are successful the you know the, the better it is for the boys and uh you know, and people are going to have places to go to jobs. You know, I like when places do uh, co-promotions or, you know, little cross promotions. But at the same time, I feel like it takes some some spots away from people, you know, because if let's just say, for example, the AEW and uh, can't even think, A&W and Impact, TNA, Impact working together, you know, like, if you have five guys from impact on an AEW show, then there's five less spots from guys at AEW and vice versa. Uh, you know, so, although I, I think cross promotion can be good, but I, you know, I feel that it hurts a little bit too. And that's, that's just my opinion. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying places shouldn't do it because it's always good uh, to work with other people because, you know, again, this goes back to, it's like, you know, like a double-edged sword because there's guys, like I just said, that, you know, that their spots might be getting taken by other guys from another company. But at the same time, uh, if you're, let's go back to that example, maybe you watched Impact, but you didn't watch AEW. But now you're you're seeing AEW guys on Impact, which now is getting eyes on those wrestlers. Plus, oh, let me tune in to AEW on Wednesday night or whatever, you know, and that goes – that goes both ways. You know, you might watch AEW and not watch Impact. Uh, you know, uh, that could be Japan where it's not really on on the States. You know, if New Japan were to to work with AEW and then here you are on TNT, you know, and people, oh, where did this guy come from? New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, let me look it up. And then there's, there's eyes on the company. Maybe there's another subscription in New Japan World. Absolutely. I mean, I, I believe that that is the case. I mean, I've been in, I've been an impact faithful for a long time, especially since Scott Tamore and Don Callis took over the product and they've turned it around the last couple of years. They've made it something to watch on Tuesdays. Um, you know, WWE is always there. Uh, AEW has come on strong very, very quickly in the last couple of years, and they're only getting stronger as they go. And New Japan has always been a staple. And then I've always been an ROH faithful as well, and now MLW. I put my eggs in every basket because there's something each product brings, a little different flavor that I like. It, it's like when you're eating something. You don't want to just have steak every night. Sometimes you want to have a burger. Sometimes you want to have chicken wings. So you got to have that little bit of flavor, a little bit of choices. And I think that that makes a well-rounded wrestling fan if they appreciate the business. I love the business and I love every aspect of the business. There's some parts of it that are head scratchers for me, but I'm not a writer. So I can't sit there and say, well, I wouldn't have done it this way. Of course, being a wrestling fan just gives you God given right to bitch about everything because that's what we do. 
We sit there right. and, we, and then we, we have these amazing thoughts in our head, like, oh, what if this dream match happened? And what if this dream match happened? Well, now it's actually plausible because there is all this cross promotions. So I hope that that situation that's brewing between certain members of New Japan Bullet Club, certain members of the guys over here, I'm hoping that situation is just one giant work. And then I'm going to see all you guys invade AEW because that would just make my jaw hit the floor. If I saw Kama and Chase Owens on an AEW Dynamite show, smacking people around with a chair, it it would be a... Dropping people on their heads. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you never know. But, you know, like I said, it's... It's good for places to, you know, to have those spots. And, you know, we need more successful companies, uh, you know, and like you were talking about fans, you know, Dr. Tom Pritchard always says, uh, you know, wrestling's like flavors of ice cream, you know, not everybody's going to like the same flavor, but does that make it wrong or bad? Like, no, it just, you know, and, Twitter, wrestling Twitter too, is like just so toxic, you know, like, and, you know, in the world in general, if, if you, people don't agree with something, then they're the enemy and you attack them. Like, no, like people can have their own opinions of, of things. It doesn't make it right. doesn't make it wrong. It's just their opinions. We're, we're not allowed to have opinions. Yeah. We're not allowed yeah. to have opinions, Chase. We're, we are told this is what we're supposed to like. But the Twitterverse is very toxic. I myself have gotten into many debates and battles, even in Facebook groups. I've dropped episodes and people's like, I don't know this guy. Well, why don't you know him? I only watch AEW. Well, branch out. I don't have to branch out. AEW is the best. Cool. It's your opinion. I don't disagree. I think it's got some great spots. But what's wrong with liking everything? No, nope. AEW only. Okay, well, what did you watch before? Because AEW's only been around for two years, man. Are you just a wrestling fan now? Like some, some fans are hardcore. And don't get me wrong, not every product is perfect, but like I said, there's something for everybody. And, and that's what I think makes wrestling special. And I think you you have that same wavelength and same agree. I feel like a bromance is happening here, Chase. I feel like, like you know, you're going to be a guest on the show and get down the line. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> a couple more questions, and I'm going to let you go enjoy your evening. But in terms of your body of work and all the great matches that you've had, all the great partners that you've had, all the great people that you've been able to face all over the world. It's a difficult, it's a tall task, especially with the resume that you have. But if you could pick an opponent, somebody that just brings out that the best Chase Owens there could possibly be, who would you say that dream opponent might be? Like that person that you've worked with that you could say, that's the guy when I step in the ring, that's the guy that brings the best out in me. And I know it. You know, we, we tagged together a little bit. Uh, in elite uh we you know we've been in some eight mans and ten mans and you know had a few interactions uh you know i was supposed to wrestle him last february but he got sick right before the america tour and that's total abushi uh you know that's that's the match uh you know that i really want to have that i think you know would shut the haters up and all, all these people that are all Oh, Chase is no good. Oh, he sucks. Uh, you know, but um, but uh, you know, that's that's the one that I feel will, you know, if that match was was to happen, uh, you know, it open up a lot of people's eyes. I believe it would. And for anybody out there who thinks that Chase Owen sucks, go back and watch that Danny Limelight match. That'll change your mind. 
go back and watch any of the early stuff that I mentioned in this interview. That'll change your mind. Just because his win-loss record is not the greatest, it does not account for the skill. If you look at that, Triple H absolutely sucks because at WrestleMania, he's only won three times. Yeah, and you know, you know what I care about? My bank account. Absolutely, one hundred and fifty percent. If I, you, have you know, what I like doing. I, I like getting on Twitter and looking and everybody talking, talking trash, like, 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 because it doesn't bother me. Right. You know, some people, some people let it get to their heads and, you know, and whatever. But to me, it just makes me laugh that people are so uh, miserable with their own life that they have to go on and try to find the, you know, the, the littlest thing to try and bash somebody about. Oh, I've experienced it myself being a bigger guy. I obviously I've never stepped foot in a ring, but I'm a fan and I have a great mind for the business and I respect it and I love it. I had one guy message me on message on YouTube and say, what's the gimmick here? Are you supposed to be a fatter Bubba Ray Dudley with a chain? No, nah, I'm just a, I'm just a guy that likes wrestling. And obviously I'm doing something right because I have subscribers. Oh wait, when I look at your page, you have no subscribers. Huh? I wonder what's happening. Absolutely. If you click on, you know, the people talking trash, they're always, you know, Oh, hundred followers, 80 followers. Then you go look at their tweets. One, like one, like one, like two likes, like, you know, so they're not, they're not getting anything. That's true. Are you like Kevin Owens? Are you the guy on Twitter that only responds to the negativity with positivity? Because Kevin Owens has one of the best Twitter feeds ever. People make fun of him all the time. And he says, I love it. Thank you so much. Motivation. And then he posts a picture of himself, like eating a donut. I think, I think that's, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, I, I usually just don't respond to anything, uh, you know, cause if I, if I do anything, it's, I'll like the, the tweet or whatever, just so that they, they can see it, you know, and you know, who knows, they probably get pissed off that you, you, you know, uh, that you see it. I've, I've had sometimes that like, I've liked something and then they're, you Twitter, you vanity search your name. Like, you're not supposed to see this. Like, oh, then why didn't you, why'd you post it? Like, you know, like, why did you tag me in it? You put at Chase Owens. Like, I, how else am I not going to see it? I'm going to, I'm not going to see every notification, but I will see some of them. So be prepared. Yeah. I, I love just trolling the trolls. Sounds like a good night. Well, Chase, again, this has been an absolute honor and a privilege to sit down and talk with you today. And I do want to let you know before I ask my final question that you are now officially a member of the Straight Talk family. You have my email. I have yours. I follow you on Instagram. I hope that I can, you know, hang up from this interview and see a Chase Owens follow on Instagram because that would be absolutely. Oh, have we not done that? No. Oh. Are you following me right on? This is like when I interviewed Gallows and Anderson. They followed me right there in the interview. This is exciting. I could have swore I followed already, but who knows? I didn't, but I did now. Yes. Yes. And there it I is. The now, man. notification. Look at that. The real chain. Oh, my God. You just made my Christmas, bro, and it's only January. This is insane. <laughs> so, so is it a late Christmas or an early Christmas? I'm going to say it's an early Christmas because 2020 Christmas sucked. I had great food. But I had no company. I had, luckily enough, I'm a proud girl dad. So I have my daughters and my wife with me. And I know that you are yourself a proud girl dad. So that was actually my final question. Being a girl dad and knowing the stuff you know, how to dismantle a body. I have my picture in my head when my daughter start dating. And I always call it the den of thieves scene. It's when 50 Cent 
pulls the boyfriend away from the daughter and says, let me just talk to him for a sec. Brings him in the garage and says, you know, for 18 years, it has been my priority to protect her. Now that falls to you. If anything happens to her, your mom is going to have to feed you in a wheelchair. And he looks around the room and there's all his like prison friends. And they're all given that angry like face, right? And then he leaves and everybody starts laughing. That's my vision. That's my dream. I just want to make one of the boyfriends shit their pants. Yeah, I'm going to have Fale, Lance Archer, Tongaloa. Nice. We'll have them all there. Nice. Absolutely. And then, and you will, you will do the, like the sinister look and just be like, she better be home at 930. I'll have some videos playing of package pile drivers going on. <laughs> That's amazing. We'll, we'll let them know what's up. That's right. Do not date Chase Owens' daughters or your boy's daughters because it's not good business. It doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. doesn't. It doesn't. Absolutely. It don't make sense. It doesn't make dollars. That's right. And I, Chase I think Owens, it's the other way around. I think it is too. Yeah, we, we fucked that up. It's okay. We had that yeah, little Whatever. That's all right. Uh, Chase, if anybody's stupid enough not to be following you, please let them know on the wonderful world of social media where they can find you. Uh, they're they're both Instagram and Twitter at Real Chase Owens, or you can come to my Twitch Crown Jewel BC, where we've been having lots of uh, you know Q and As. Uh, you know we've had Fale, we've had Lance Archer, we've had the uh, you know beautiful Bullet Bay Pita on there. Uh, you know we're I don't know when this interview is going to drop, but we're going to have uh, drop in mid February actually. Okay, so this is already going to be all over. Uh, you know, we're going to have Ricky Morton. Um, you know, I, I do Q and A's. I do a little bit of gaming. Uh, you know, so I, I enjoy chatting with people. You know, during during the games, if it's not too intense. Sometimes we're in some battles. So we we got to focus on the battles. But you know, stop by. Uh, you know, give some give some comments, chat. Always, you know, enjoy interacting with fans. And I won't say marks because I hate the word marks because back in the day, it's, you know, that was people trying to con, you know, fans out of money. And, I, you know, and I'm not trying to con anybody, you know, because without fans, there is no me. So, uh, you know, so, so I always, you know, enjoy interacting when I can, you know, with we're out and you you run into me and you want pictures or whatever you know please feel free uh you know to ask absolutely and you're a classy guy like i said i hit him up and he was real nice to me and he said yeah let's set it up i just gotta you know i gotta fly back <laughs> i've got to get some sleep in me and then we'll do it up and he did and it was fantastic this conversation was everything i knew it was going to be and i'm honored to say that i was always a fan but now i can say I'm a friend too, and I appreciate that, sir. No, and, appreciate you for having me. Oh, thank you very much. And if you're looking to find me, because I'm a glutton for self-promotion, on Twitter, I'm at underscore straight talk. On Instagram, which now Chase Owens follows me. You can check it. He does. He follows me. And uh, Facebook, Straight Talk Wrestling. And the YouTube page, Straight Talk Wrestling. When this drops, Chase, I will tag you in everything across all platforms. No problem. Feel free to we'll share it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I mean, if next time Lance Archer's on, you want to tell him that you, you spoke to one of the best podcast hosts in all of Canada and he was a real chill out dude, that would be sick. Just Lance sucks. Slug. Don't oh. tell him I said that. Oh, I won't. I oh. won't tell him you said that. I'm not going to do that. Secret. <laughs> he'll he'll right. kill me. 
He'll kill I me. I know he will. He's just you dangerous know, dude. Every, everybody dies. So. Oh shit! That's right. Look at you. Look at you. You keep you keeping up on the AEW product. I love it. I love I know, it. I know. I know. All right, Chase. Go enjoy the rest of your evening. Again, thank you so much, sir, for the time today. I appreciate mm, it. I appreciate it. And uh, guys, as always, don't forget to follow the socials to tune in to see what we got going on next week. And this is my first tangle with somebody from the New Japan uh, company, and I love it. And I can't wait to do some more interviews. Too sweet. Thank you very much, sir. Peace. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Thank you.